0: Hey friends. You're listening to Self Love is Blind. I'm your host Jillian. Self Love is Blind is a podcast where we discuss all things self-love related. The challenges, the self-doubt that can get in the way, and suggestions on how to overcome those challenges and self-doubt. It's really hard for me to believe that it's been five weeks since I've launched the podcast and this is going to be my sixth episode, kind of blowing my own mind here. I just want to mention um, a kind of now-it's-funny experience I had on Thursday pertaining to anxiety. So I woke up on Thursday and... I had kind of a bit of what felt like chest pain, maybe, or just like a tightness, and I was pretty convinced that it was indigestion, because I had heartburn the night before, but I just kind of went about my day and cleaned up my apartment, uh, because I had a guest coming, and so I took a bunch of Tums, and... Tried all the tricks to indigestion that I read on the internet, like eat some oatmeal and had some ginger tea. None of it worked. So when my friend got here, I told her that if it didn't improve, we might have to take a trip to the hospital. So anyways, we started our conversation and... um. Not too long into it, I felt like it was getting worse, and my anxiety was kind of just like not allowing me to think about anything else, and I hadn't seen my friend in a really long time, and I was kind of disappointed because I couldn't even listen to what she was talking about. Anyways, we decided to go down to the hospital because it just seemed to be getting worse or whatever, but... They take you right away when you're having any sort of chest pain. They don't mess around with that kind of stuff. So um, I got in pretty quickly and not too long into it. I had the uh, all the vitals taken and all that stuff, and that came back okay. And they did an EKG, and that came back normal. And uh, so the doctor went over it, and I had kind of went in there giving them the idea that I thought that it was indigestion, but um, apparently that's a really common thing for people to mistake chest pains for. Um, so they suggested that I take some C and uh, if it gets worse to come back. So I went home and I took some Uh The pharmacist said that it should kick in within a half an hour and help. Um, after an hour, it hadn't helped. So I was kind of confused still. Like, what's going on? What's wrong with me? (laughs) Um, then I started to notice, um, it was being aggravated when I was moving my left shoulder. Like, if I was to lean back on my left side, it would bring on the pain. So I decided to take an ibuprofen because I know a few years ago, I had a pulled muscle in my chest um, from lifting a 50-pound bo- box of cat litter. Anyways, um, yeah, the ibuprofen did the trick, and uh, I have had to take it for a couple of days following, but uh, all is better now, and I think I pulled a muscle by falling asleep in a weird position like... I was cold and I fell asleep on the futon in like a balled up position on my left side. So I'm okay. And I just think that my anxiety exasperated the whole situation. And that's why um, I was feeling so overwhelmed and because I got in my head about it. So... I just wanted to tell my little story about how my anxiety can make situations a lot worse than than they really are, but you really can't be too careful with chest pains and your heart health, so I'm glad that I went into the hospital. Uh, today, we're going to have a guest, Anne-Marie. She's a female entrepreneur that has ADHD, and she does coaching for women who have ADHD. She goes into relationships with people. Something I think we all need to remember is that there will always be haters. For every hater out there, there are at least five people who adore you. You just won't please everyone, unfortunately. Amory talked about how routine works for her. For me, I don't really have a structure to my day, but that flexibility is what I like. I was always told that I needed to go to sleep earlier, but I've always been a night owl. My biological clock is not typical. I love my therapist. She was like, "It's okay to be a night owl. I'm one too." So, just hearing her say that made me feel less guilt about staying up late and sleeping in. I know it's not the norm, but I'm still being productive, so I don't see anything wrong with that if I'm not hurting anyone. I know I've heard a lot of people who are creative are night owls, and I know for me, a lot of my creative work in the last year, like my thoughts and stuff, come to me late at night. In this episode, Amory brought up her mom and... I mentioned I had a similar experience where my mom had, she had her reservations about all this time I was investing into the podcast. And I know it was coming from a loving place. It just didn't really land that way. I love my mom though. So internet people don't come for her. (laughs) Maybe one day she'll join me on here and we can break it down. (laughs) Another thing that I really liked that my therapist said to me one time was she said her mom always wanted her to have a nice standard nine to five job and to get married, but that's not what she had in mind. Traditional doesn't work for everyone. Just do what works for you. Um, Everyone's an individual, so as long as you're not hurting anyone else, I say go for it. Investing time, effort, and energy into yourself is so important. Mental health takes time to heal. So I've mentioned before that I went through some challenges with depression and stuff like that when I was finishing up school, but I think I was actually probably depressed for even longer than I realized. Maybe even going back to when I worked at the call center because of things that that were going on there that I mentioned in the first episode with Steph, and um, how I wasn't feeling as valued as I felt I should be. After I finished school, I was majorly burnt out, and that made the depression that much worse. I started taking medication and therapy in January 2020, and then the pandemic hit. When this idea came to me early on, I knew if I wanted to make it work the way I wanted to and look the way I wanted it to, I would need to put all my focus and effort into it. And I did. I treated it as a full-time job. There was so much to do. After I had been on antidepressants for a little while, I was speaking to a friend and um, she told me that I would be eligible for uh, assistance Because I was on antidepressants and I didn't realize that. Now, there's a lot of stigma and shame around assistance, but it's there to help people in need. When you're in need, there's already enough to deal with. There's no need to feel shame. I plan on building a business that can self-sustain. My goal is to get this off the ground and market the hell out of it. And stand on my own two feet without the need for assistance. I've never wanted anything more, really. I've got a few ideas in the works to branch out, potentially thinking about starting a podcast startup consulting service, or maybe even another podcast down the road in the future. We'll see what happens. I came across a quote I really liked, and I'd like to share it with you all. It's okay not to know. It's okay to rest through the in-betweens until you don't need the breaks. Until the view unfolds. Until resistance gives way, until the road clears. The road will always clear. I think I relate to that because of how my journey kind of led me here. Um, You know, the resistance was my feelings of not feeling like the IT industry was right for me, and I had to come to terms with that. And yeah, like the road cleared. I just had to be patient and I just had to wait until the time was right. Anne-Marie kind of said that in our discussion. I grabbed another quote that I'm going to read. It took me a long time to realize that not everything in life is meant to be a beautiful story. Not every person we feel something deep and moving with is meant to make a home within us, is meant to be forever. Sometimes people come into our lives to teach us how to love And sometimes people come into our lives to teach us not to love, how not to settle, how not to shrink ourselves ever again. Yes, sometimes people leave, but that's okay because their lessons always stay. And that is what matters. That is what remains. I think that kind of ties in a little bit with the conversation that I had with Anne-Marie that we're going to throw to in a couple minutes. I'm very fortunate to have been able to keep my head above water while I'm doing this. I know not everyone has those supports in place, and I definitely learned how to pinch a penny. (laughs) When it comes to the antidepressants that I was on, um, I was hesitant at first to take medication. I wanted to do it on my own, but at a certain point, it's more helpful and beneficial, and it outweighs the potential risks. A lot of people say they're afraid that the medication will turn them into a zombie. I don't feel like my medication changed me at all. I feel like it was just good. It was just good side effects all around. I know that's not always the case, but that's why it can take time to find something that works for you. I mean, if you had strep throat, would you take antibiotics over trying to fight it by yourself? Yeah, you would. Timing really is everything. I truly believe that. I don't know why I felt so calm and certain about the podcast, but it just felt right, and I trusted in myself and my abilities. If you'd like to see some more of my abilities, you can check out my website, selfloveisblind.com. I designed it myself, and I think... It looks pretty darn good. <laughs> you can also head over to my Patreon account, patreon.com slash blind. and there you can get all kinds of exclusive content for my patrons, monthly bonus episode from the host, me, and bi weekly Zoom hangouts and a Discord community where we can discuss upcoming topics and... Patrons will have the chance to ask questions of upcoming guests and topics. Your support would really mean the world to me. You are keeping the show going by listening, sharing, downloading. The support is just incredible. I love you guys. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter under Self Love Is Blind. Subscribe. Follow Self Love is Blind on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps get the word out about the show and helps to reach people who will benefit from the message of the podcast. Leave me a five-star rating or a review on iTunes. If it's not a five-star review, don't leave it. I'm sensitive. You can send me an email at selfloveisblind at gmail.com with your suggestions on how I can improve it. Please tell five friends about the show. Self Love is Blind podcast is created, produced, sound design by me, Jillian Gillis. Intro beat sounds by Scotia Music. Logo design by Brandon Mosier. And website powered by Christopher Oxner. Thanks for tuning in. This is Self Love is Blind. I'm your host, Jillian, and I hope you enjoy my chat with Anne-Marie. So we're here today with my new friend, Anne-Marie, and we're going to talk about being a female entrepreneur with ADHD and how you made it work for you.
1: Thank you so, so much for having me on, Jill. I've never done anything like this before, so it's super exciting. And, uh, you know, I hope that I can encourage and inspire some people out there to, um, you know, no matter what they've been told or what they've been been conditioned to believe growing up about themselves, that they can make it work for themselves, too. Awesome. I'm really excited about this conversation.
0: (laughs) We actually just met... Today, for the first time. <laughs> first time. Um, we've been following each other on social media for a month or so now. And uh, I really like the content that Anne-Marie
1: shares. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, this is really exciting. And I hope that we can have an ongoing relationship because this is this is just great.
0: Yay, me too. <laughs> so you want to start off and tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself and what you do? Sure.
1: Okay, so I'm 32 years old, and I grew up in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was five. It seems really young, and they didn't know a whole lot about it back then. Um, So I guess some people would call me a guinea pig, but I think that they were just kind of figuring out what to look for and, um, you know, there were signs in me that they um, they sort of flagged and then that's how I got diagnosed. I was also diagnosed with a nonverbal learning disability which means that it's really hard to um, read social, nonverbal social cues uh, and that made it really hard to make and keep friends growing up. So I've worked for numerous employers. Um, I've, I've worked for so many different, in so many different fields. Um, I guess you could say I'm a Jill of all trades. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was, a, that was really bad. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. It, it is something that I've always been drawn to, but I had too much of a squirrel brain, like a sort of brain. I didn't know how to channel my thoughts or channel my focus. See, with ADHD, um, there's actually a misconception that we can't focus. But the truth is, we can focus just on a lot of different things at once. Mm-hmm. So a few years ago, I tried to be a coach. I wanted to be an ADHD coach. I wanted to be a health coach. <laughs> I wanted to be some kind of coach. And it, it. I I don't think it was my time. I don't think that it was my... My time to shine, so to speak. So, fast forward, so I went back to work. I got a job as a screening officer at the Halifax airport, mm-hmm. which where I still work as a part time uh, screener. Uh, but I, when I got laid off in April and I started picking up nutrition again, and I've changed my niche a few times, but now I am, um, I help. Female entrepreneurs with ADHD get really clear on the path, ideal paths that they'd like to take in their business and life by uh, helping them cut through the scatterbrain and mental clutter that they may be experiencing. So I do, I work with people one on one doing that.
0: Awesome. Uh, sometimes I feel like I might have a little bit of ADHD. Mm. I've never been diagnosed mm. or even had anybody suggested to me but I feel like my brain works that way sometimes um what would you say to somebody who thought that like should they go get like diagnosed or just deal like find coping ways
1: um so I'm going to tell you a story my sister has ADHD And she wanted to go for medication, but the doctor told her, and this is, my doctor is the only doctor, um, me and my sister have the same doctor. um, This is the only doctor that does not push medication on you if you don't need it. And the, the only doctor that I know of, that is. And she, my doctor told her that because she's an adult, she can sort of make her schedule work for her in a way that makes her ADHD work for her. So if somebody were to think that they would have it, you know, there there are definitely a lot of strategies and things you can use. It doesn't mean that you need to go to the doctor. It doesn't mean that you need a diagnosis unless it's really having an effect on your life and having an effect on how you function every day. Mm -hmm. Me personally, when I was laid off from the airport, I went off my medication and there was about a two week withdrawal period and I haven't been medicated in months. But that's just me. I am um, all for whatever works for everybody. Somebody else. <clears throat> yeah, but exactly. Everyone's different, ex- right? And that's just it. So it's really important to not just rush to the doctor and get a diagnosis. See, if, see if there's things that work for you because you may not need that diagnosis, especially if it's a very uh, mild case.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So how did you make it work for you?
1: <laughs> I laugh because. There are so many different things that I tried. Um, Not Nothing specific, but they're just... I've failed so many times um, until I just found a way to channel my energy and to channel my focus. Um, Because like I said, I mean, it's not a question of being able to focus. It's a question of being able to focus on a single thing. So I needed something to channel my focus, to channel that creativity, to channel that energy. So... I used it to experiment with niches. Um, a lot of people will jump in and stick to one niche, even though it's not working for them for months. I jump in, I figure out if it's working for me or not very quickly, and then and I can change it. Um, I adapt very well to change. Um, and in business, that is so, so important because your audience, your buyers, your consumers, they're all changing all the time. Constantly. And what people want is always changing. The social media platforms are changing. And so, and you're always learning something new. So with ADHD, you need constant stimulation and you, your brain just craves that new knowledge all the time, those new skills. Yep. So you, in business, it's, it's so important to be open to that. And when, because I have ADHD, I have that facility for constantly wanting to learn and improve. And, that, um, and that's how I made it work for me in starting a business. Right. How did you figure out your niche? Um, I used something that I struggled with quite a bit. Um, So I started out coaching people with anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. with nutrition um, because i was studying nutrition. So I wanted to tie the two in a little bit because that's something that I had struggled with. I always try to take something that I struggled with and I overcame, right? Mm -hmm. I always, I tried to take something that I, I improved upon and I sort of overcame and I want to help people with that. And that's sort of how, so all of the niches that I've done have been something that I personally went through, Mm -hmm. but finding your ideal path and getting into the mindset that you need to be able to achieve that and, and embark on your journey is so, so important. And it's so difficult with people, for people with ADHD, because they want to go in so many different directions at once, right? So it's about finding what, what do all these ideas have in common? Like, In your mind, you know, all these directions that you're being pushed and pulled in, what do they all have in common? And that is what you need to figure out. Um, What they all have in common. And it's okay if you don't like stick to one thing. You know what? In six months, I might change my niche again. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's something super important. So we are being taught these old paradigms that you need to stick with one thing for your entire life. Mm -hmm. But that's just not possible for our brains at all. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's important to recondition yourself or find someone to help you recondition that belief that you need to stick with one thing, you know, you should love and accept yourself, um, while you're changing directions all the time, you know, wherever the wind blows you, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as it's, you know, um, you know, as long as you can function in society and as long as, you know, you can pay the bills and stuff, just go wherever the wind blows you. Absolutely. That sounded really corny, but... (laughs) It's true though. (laughs) It it, it is.
0: (laughs) And, you know, like, I think that's one of the things that really attracted you to me because I really like that you took something that you found challenged you Mm -hmm. and then turned it around and used it to be your benefit. I feel like I've kind of done that with the podcast here. Um, you know, I've struggled so long with almost a, invisible disability because people can't really tell that I have a visual impairment yeah. and um, and I had like struggled with depression and anxiety yeah. so you know I've, I just seen the need for it and I'm sure you kind of seen the need for female entrepreneurs that have ADHD yeah. kind of the same deal so just like taking those things that most people would look as like struggles and challenges yeah. but we used it to our advantage
1: exactly i think that having a disability and starting a business it's so hard to find our own unique voice mm-hmm. um, and i'm sure that you can relate to that having a disability of your own uh, because we've we've been taught forever that we need to fit in right we, we need to blend in with the crowd so that people don't know we're different and for a time, that kind of helps us as I talk about one of my live videos, because it helps us get through high school, get through university and survive all that. But then when we get out into the real world and we start a business, the thing that attracts the customers, the things that really attract, um, you know, the, the, in a sales perspective, the things that really attract your viewers and your audience is your own unique voice and because there's so many other coaches out there telling you how you need to be, how you need to sound, the way you need to be, it's really hard to be authentic AF. Mhm. Okay. It's really like if you go to my <laughs> Facebook profile and you look in my bio it says authentic AF. It's because I just found my voice. And it's 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 so difficult and I think that that was the most difficult part for me is to actually find my voice enough to be like, you know what, I don't agree with this, that, and the other thing. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And it was hard because I had hired a business coach whose strategy that she was teaching me was to cold message people. And I had spent 5k on this program. And so for me to not use that strategy was like going in the face of that 5k. Anyways, so finding your own unique voice and your own unique way of doing things, um, I would say is the hardest part when you start out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was one of the things, like, it's interesting you say that, you know, that was something you struggled with was to find your voice. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of what attracted me to you because you were so genuine and I could tell it wasn't just like force feeding me the script that you were given, you know? I really like that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I like your approach. (laughs) And you are the kind of like, you know, I'm not in any way trying to sell you, but like that, those are the kinds of people that I'm trying to attract. Right. The ones who like my unique approach to things.
0: Definitely so how are some ways you find a balance between work and flow with the scatterbrain you talk about having that and we just go into overdrive kind of thing i know for me since coming up with the podcast i haven't stopped thinking about the podcast at all even if i'm not actively
1: working on it it's always on my brain like 100 percent i've run two businesses and I still work a part-time job until I br- I'm, I'm bringing in the consist the income consistency. Mm-hmm. And what I do, and especially because I don't have a concentrated shot of dopamine going into my brain every day via medication, mm-hmm. I have I, I made a schedule for myself. Okay, so um, with a scheduled day off, because if I don't, I'll, I'll get burnt out and such. So um, I every day I have a set. I've set things to do. I do my live video. I beg some tea because that's, you know, that's my other business. We'll, you know, we'll talk about that down the road. But I, you know, do my social media checklist, you know, making sure that I engage with other people's stuff, making sure that I'm, you know, giving as much as I'm taking kind of thing, um, making sure that I just browse some of the groups that the relevant groups to my niche and mm-hmm. seeing What's going on there? Um, you know, so it, it is a full-time job outside of my part-time job. So, you know, and I have it written down, like, I have a desk and a bulletin board. And I actually, like, I have my schedule Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because, and it's right there where I can see it. And I actually have a social media checklist. So in my schedule, I have social media, like, one of the things that I do is my social media checklist. And then I go down that list, make sure that I do everything that I'm supposed to do. Um, just to in- improve engagement, improve my virility and stuff like that. So um, it's really important to get into a routine, like, you know, get up at the same time every day, um, you know, plan your exercise plan, you know, like, I, I like having a workflow of like 10 to two, or two to six or something like i like to put at least four hours a day into it.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah that's uh, interesting how you like organize it. I know for me, yeah. like, Trying to organize my thoughts. Yeah. I was always terrible, terrible, terrible at like writing things down and making lists and like following through on those lists. But I really had to start doing that Mm -hmm. when I had the podcast because I had all these ideas flying around in my brain. Like, And one of the videos that I watched you did the other day, um, you said something like, if you can just get that stuff out of your head and put it onto paper, then you have more room in your brain for other things that you can focus on. Yeah, exactly. You're not overwhelmed or as overwhelmed.
1: (laughs) I literally have a wall of ideas. So um, (laughs) there's another desk. Um, in our second bedroom. And when I was doing nutrition, I had blog posts to do. I had live videos to do. I had Facebook posts to do. So, um, and then, you know, of course I had physical product ideas that I wanted to execute. And I had like, um, you know, recipes. Cause I, I had planned to write two recipe books, which maybe will come. I, Cause I'm also like a nutrition guru or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, as soon as I have an idea, I write it down and stick it to the wall on a sticky note. Because then it's like I won't forget mm-hmm. and I can execute it when the time is right and then I take it off the wall when I implement it oh cool yeah I like that yeah so um because you know when I was laid off from work I had to do something so I decided to pick up nutrition again and um, while my coaching kind of took me in a different direction there um I you know I, I needed structure I needed routine especially with my ADHD brain like, You know, I needed routine structure with a spot of spontaneity, you know, Um, because we like routine until that gets boring and we like spontaneity until we're overwhelmed. So, (laughs) right. Yeah. Well,
0: that seems to be like one of the things why I think I might have a slight ADHD. (laughs) Yeah. Just because I'm finding I'm like thriving in this. Like, working on this podcast, mm-hmm. there's so many different aspects. Yeah. Like, I can just jump around, like, work on my social media or, like, work on editing. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, then I started the website, so, like, I'm using my <clears throat> IT skills. There's when so I'm, many
1: aspects to that, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: so I'm not getting bored. Yeah. And I have all these ideas for all these
1: different things.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, my time is pretty filled up with... Yeah. Ideas.
1: Exactly. And that's the same with, with my business, right? It's so funny because my partner, he's a big goofball. Um, <laughs> he'll So I'll have a day off. And of course, it's full of business stuff. And it seems like I'm on my phone all day, but I'm like responding to messages, you know, denying or confirming friend requests from possible clients. I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm working the social media to my advantage, right? And I'll be like, oh, I had such a busy day. And he'll be like, no, you didn't. And it drives me nuts because he doesn't, I mean, he understands that I'm in business. I'm making money. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing in clients. I'm helping people. I'm impacting lives. But when he makes those jokes, I'm like, oh, you drive me nuts. You drive me nuts. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it doesn't feel like work, right? It
1: doesn't feel like work.
0: Although you can still get burned
1: out from doing too much. And that's why I schedule a day off where I do nothing. I mean, if I'm scheduled to shift at my part-time job, I do that. But I, um, I literally schedule do-nothing days. So I'll either get up and go for a walk and then sit in front of the TV all day. Or I'll go see a friend or go have coffee with my mom. Honestly, it doesn't matter as long as it's not anything to do. With my business.
0: That's not to say you won't be thinking about it, though.
1: And I will be. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. That's,
0: like, just, like, how I've been. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I like that idea of, like, scheduling a day to, like... No
1: work today. Thursdays. I might advertise like a program or something because like you said, I'm always thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. So if I could like make an advertisement or something, but that's nothing. I can just sit on the couch and do that. But I also try on that day, I also try to spend less time on social media for social reasons, um, just because I am on it more than I ever have been. So I try to like, I try not to be on it as much on that day. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: I mean, just this week, like, I, I feel like I haven't been doing a lot of work, but I've spent a lot of time, like, chatting with you, mm-hmm. getting ready for today. Yeah. Um, I went back and watched several of your live videos mm. just to get ideas of, like, topics and questions. Yeah. Um, and just that kind of stuff alone, like, fills up your time. and it does. It doesn't feel like work, but it is. Yeah. It's because when we think
1: of work, we think of going into an office or going on in onto a floor where we work, we, we call it at work, we call it the floor. Yeah. You know, everybody's on the floor, but, um, we, you know, we think of being going into an employer Clocking when we in. think of work. And that's why I love entrepreneurship because it does not feel like work. Yep. Um, you know, of, of course I do work hard, but it doesn't feel like... You know, oh, I can't wait till my shift is over. Oh, I can't wait until... You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just... It feels so good and I'm so close to being able to do that full time.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's what makes you good at it because you're enjoying it. You know, it's not for everyone to be an entrepreneur.
1: And that's okay. That's, you know, that's... That is okay. Um, You know, I had to come to terms with that a few years ago when it just wasn't my time. Mm -hmm. I wasn't cut out for it then.
0: Yeah. And I feel like... For me, after I've found mm-hmm. my niche here and doing what I wanna do, I feel like I've never had this feeling before of something that I was so passionate mm-hmm. for. Like I've had several jobs over the years, like I worked at a call center, mm-hmm. which funny, we actually just discovered today that we might have overlapped at our old previous
1: job like back in And apartment building. We found out that we also might have lived in the same apartment building. At the same time.
0: It's a small world. It really is. I I don't know. I think we were just like meant
1: to connect. I do too. I really do. Um, it's so funny because I cold message you on LinkedIn. Oh, I'm so embarrassed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> when I was using that strategy. It worked though. <laughs> It really did. Like, I think that, you know, there's a lot of wonderful connections that I made with that approach. Um, You know, because when somebody says no, or somebody is not interested, I don't want to push them. I Mm -hmm. don't, you know, when somebody is giving me like one word answers, they're not interested in what I have to say. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've made a lot of really good connections using that approach. So I can't, you know, demonize the, the whole approach because there are some things that... And if somebody said no, I wouldn't just stop talking to them. You know, I, I'd continue to want to build that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you said, you know, your reasons for not, you know, wanting to sign on with me or, or whatever, I, uh, you know, I was just like, okay, cool. And then I think we chatted for a little bit more and we, we talked about your podcast and, and it was like, awesome. That, that phone call left me smiling. So Aww. it just you know, I can't demonize the approach altogether because there are some great things that came out of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like everything has its place, right? So I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. when you were starting your coaching career and the the entrepreneur (laughs) road, um, did you ever experience any resistance or feeling rejection from people in your
1: life? Uh, When you first started? 100%. (laughs) I thought you'd never
0: ask. (laughs) I've been looking forward to this one too.
1: (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) So um, my best friend of two years blocked me on social media. She had been blowing me off for about two months before the coaching. And then there was one morning we had had plans to go dancing or whatever and she blew me off for that too I understand anxiety and depression and stuff anyways I woke up at 3 in the morning ready to go to my shift and I was already on the verge of having an anxiety attack myself because I was taking on all all these entrepreneurial things like it was just one of those days I woke up and I was like (gasps) what did I get myself into (laughs) and then um, I got I didn't you know flip out at her but I got a a little annoyed I was like so it just seems like you're blowing me off next thing I know I'm blocked and deleted on all social media um but she was really insecure. She, was, she has a lot of confidence issues. So um, I think it made her, might have made her feel bad. Like, you know, everything that I'm doing. And I don't say that to be conceited or a bitch or whatever. But it just seemed like, I don't know. I, I think that one of the things to expect when you first become an entrepreneur is people, there will be a filter of sorts. And people will start filtering themselves out. Um, and it sucks and it's heartbreaking and it's hard, but, um, people are coming into your life that are better for you and where you're at in your, in your life. So it's, it's... It's really important not to forget your why when that happens because um, there's something called crabs in the bucket syndrome, especially if you're still working a nine to five or, you know, your job that you want to leave. Um, And actually, I'm going to do a live on that, how to stay focused on the bigger picture when you're still working your nine to five and you're not at a place yet where you can leave that. But it's really important. Um, I work at a place that has a lot of negative um, toxic energy. So, Uh, Because there are like 300 of us that work there. (laughs) So when I'm there, I'm not mentally there. I'm physically there doing the job. But... I am thinking about everything that I need to do when I get home. Mm-hmm. And that is how I stay focused. That is how... Because it's so easy to get sucked back into that negative energy. It's so easy to be like, well, you know what? It's just easier if I pick up shifts for more money. It's just easier if I do this, that, and, you know. And then, you know, because entrepreneurship is hard. It is It is not... It's. I mean, the solutions are simple, but it's not easy. It's not easy work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, like... You know, time. and then when you talk about it at your nine to five, you might get a lot of negative feedback from people who are not where they want to be in life. You know, I get a lot of that. So I try not to talk about it too much just because I'm preserving my energy, right? right. I'm preserving the energy that I need to work on my business when I get home. Um, I forgot the question.
0: <laughs> uh, just like people falling off yeah. and experiencing
1: negativity and like, okay, so I'm on track then. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, and I think, and a lot of people in your life that love you and mean well and want the best for you will also have, um, some, they won't consider it negative, but it'll seem negative. Just pretend that my solution for that is pretend there's a white light around you, protecting you from that energy. So my mom, I love her so much, you know, and she just wants the best for me. Um, and you know, she wants me to be safe and, you know, survive in this cold, cold world. (laughs) I have a big smile on my face because I feel like I might have had a similar story, but keep going. Um, She, you know, I said, you know, I didn't go in for my shift. And she says, oh, don't you want the money? I said, mom, I'm making money in my other business. Anyways, um, so some people are still working on the conditioning or the beliefs that they have and have had growing up. Um, so that has nothing to do with you folks. So just remember, don't let that get to you. Pretend there's a white light around you protecting you from that and just brush it off. Change the subject if you need to.
0: <laughs> Sometimes you kind of have to like take a step back from those kind of situations yeah. if that's all that's happening though. Cause I know for me, it was like, it felt like mm-hmm. whatever I said was being criticized or judged mm-hmm. just because, you know, I wasn't making an immediate profit off of this. It's going to take time. That's what entrepreneurship is. And that's
1: why a lot of people don't make it in an entrepreneurship. And it's it's like, you do have to put time and money into it. You do have to. It really, real sustainable success takes Patience, consistency, and the need for delayed gratification, which is why people with ADHD are so prone to jump into entrepreneurship and then jump right out. <laughs> yeah, like a shallow pool almost, um, because they they're like, "Oh shit, this water is just a little cold, so I'm just gonna they yeah. like the warm water at the, the they deep want deep that down. instant gratification exactly, and so and that's that's sort of um, actually that I talk talk about that a lot in my lives. Is is knowing how to reprogram yourself for delayed gratification and being able to condition yourself to just continue thinking. Okay, so when I am starting to be like, oh, this is taking so long, it's like you know what doesn't happen overnight. Doesn't happen overnight. Yep. You know, it, people are coming. Your ideal client is coming. Yeah, just need to keep that
0: reminder constantly coming back to yourself. Exactly. Like, I've had to do that as well. Like you know. At the beginning, I thought I like I was saying to you earlier before we were on air. Like I, I thought this would have been a lot quicker for me to get this podcast out, but it's yeah. like almost a year later, exactly. and I'm just about to launch. Yeah. So
1: it's having the why that is super important. So y'all are gonna laugh at this, but my why is Christmas in Prague. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christmas in Prague. Getting to get up at you know, six or seven o'clock, I have more energy when I get up a little earlier and being able to drink, you know, put on the coffee while I do yoga and then sit down from 10 to two and work on my business and then go for a walk, do my workout, go for a swim if it's a summertime. That is my why. Okay, and um, never having to work for another employer again. Amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am here so for that. <laughs> when you have a strong enough why, that is what's going to keep you going through the lack of instant gratification. When it's not happening right now, when it's not happening quickly, the why is going to keep you going. And it's. And I'm also going to say it is super important to hire a coach that is where you want to be. Yeah, and like somebody
0: you can relate to. Mm-hmm. and That's right. Yeah, you need to feel that kind of chemistry. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, if I'm ever in a place where I can afford to have a coach, I would like to have somebody like you that I yeah. can, you know, like I feel like our, our chemistry, like you were here for like <laughs> <laughs> at least an hour before I love, we started this. No, it was two hours. <laughs> it was about two hours. <laughs> anyone who knows me knows that I'm chatty, so that's not going to surprise same, anyone.
1: Same it was so funny though we had some really good chats yeah we no it air. was it was good I'm not mad about it at all neither am I <laughs> I
0: always love to have a new friend
1: me too actually and like to actually get make friends and, and make those those relationships create those relationships with people that are in the entrepreneurial world is super important mm-hmm. um, they say that you you're going to be successful as the five people you spend the most time with so and that c- couldn't be more true um, and yeah. that's why sometimes people fall out of your life when you are becoming successful. Um, sometimes it's intimidating to some. Sometimes you just don't have time for their bullshit. <laughs> sometimes you just, you're too busy. Like. And so when you start spending time with people that are where you want to be or are on the same journey or a similar journey... It's like it gets easier to stay in the game and to stay focused in that because those those people are going to hold you accountable, right? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know that like I had to distance myself from a few people Mm -hmm. because it was just like negative criticism. Like it wasn't good for my mental health. Mm -hmm. So then I started spending time with or you know, it's been... Quarantine, So haven't really been able Mm -hmm. to spend time, but like chatting on the phone and keeping in touch with people that are like really supportive and have been nothing but supportive Mm -hmm. about my ideas and stuff. Like you really need that surrounding you.
1: And sometimes I find that people can um, say they're supportive, but then when you need something, no matter how small, they're not going to actively support you. So, you know, I was... I sort of put my nutrition studies to the wayside since, but um, I had my nutrition studies, I was working a part-time job, I had the two businesses, and I was trying to cook and do the chores and stuff, and, you know, and, like, we love each other to death, but I said, okay. I need you to start actively supporting me. And I don't think he he did it on purpose, right? He Mm -hmm. comes home from work and he just wants to chill on the couch. I'm like, I just need you to pick up the slack a little more. Don't be afraid to actually ask for people to actively support you because it's not in them saying, I support you. It's in what they actually do to support you.
0: Yeah. It's like telling someone you love them, you know, you need to see that you can't, anyone can say that.
1: That's right. Um, and that's, that's the thing with ADHD too, is we get so overwhelmed, like, and I, you know, I was so overwhelmed and stuff. And it's like, I just needed him to do a few things around the house so that I didn't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. And then, you know, he's been really good ever since. So like, you know, it's not like this is an ongoing problem or whatever, but, you know, I just had to say, like, I really need you to, so don't be afraid to, you know, actually hold in people in your life, hold them to it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's all about communication too, mm-hmm. right? Like it's the way you say things yeah. and, you know, he may, may just have been totally oblivious and yeah. had no idea that you were feeling overwhelmed yeah. until exactly. you said something. Yeah.
1: And And of course, when I get overwhelmed, I let it all bottle up and then I say (laughs) something. We've all been there. We've all been there. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Um, How do you fight off like self-doubt and fear in regards to following your dreams
1: and starting your business? (sighs) So some mornings I will wake up and freeze in all honesty. There are some, not all the time, but some mornings I'll wake up and I'll, I'll, you know, I'm gripping the arms of the chair here and I'm like... (sighs) What did I get myself into? And then when I'm at work, I'm like, oh, wouldn't it just be easier to, you know? Um, and then there are these like, you know, what ifs? What if I don't get denied? The, you know, what if I never get another client again? What if I never, um, you know, make it? What if I don't get to leave my job in June? What if, you know? Um, and there, there's a lot of fear behind that because it's like, I've, I've set a goal for myself. I don't want to let myself down, right? Um, the, the thing with fear is that there's no such thing as being fearless and there's such thing as being afraid and doing it anyway. Um, so my thing was getting on live video. Um, I, you know, I was really nervous about that cause I, I don't like the sound of my voice, mm-hmm. you know? And then, well, another thing too, is the in- investment that I've made in a coach. That's, that's scary as hell. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, you know, it's a lot of money, right? Like, yep. you know, I put a little on credit or whatever. But um, but I was like, you know what, if I if I want to get anywhere, then, you know, I need the help I need to invest I need to put so it's it's about thinking about the bigger picture. Okay, so when it comes to fear, it's like, you know, it's all about perspective. Okay. So when it comes to investing, you're worthy of investing in yourself. When it comes to like, like, look at yourself as worth more than that fear. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're so, you're worth so much more than that. Um, so don't let fear control your decisions. Okay. Fear will always be there. It's about whether or not you let it control your life. As for self-doubt, Um, people with ADHD are prone to more self-doubt than the average person because we've grown up trying to fit in and wondering if we're doing it right. Um, I have so many what ifs that go through my head all at once. Like, what if I'm not doing it right? What if, right? And like, with how many times I've changed niches every time, I'm like, what if I'm not doing this? Like, am I doing this right? And honestly, I just go with the flow. I just go with it sometimes. I don't think about it. I just do Mm -hmm. um i do a lot of journaling and affirmations too and i'm a big believer in law of attraction and um like the chakras and everything and i love to do tarot readings so honestly um there's a lady that i follow on facebook elise hodson she's amazing Um, she does tarot readings and she she'll put out like um she'll put out some cards every morning and she'll be like pick one and then i'll put up the meetings later today and i usually pick one and on honestly that's what sort of helps myself doubt because i'll be honest every message that i've ever gotten has been dead on and on honestly i know that it sounds like woo woo or you know (laughs) some people may not believe in that but it that's what sometimes helps with my because i need a little reassurance right like um, people with ADHD they need accountability, reassurance, and structure, and that is what helps me overcome the self doubt. So, wow, I kind of went off on a tangent
0: there. No, I <laughs> okay. love that. No, that's what I. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel like you know, it was hard for me when I started started going back to school a few years ago mm-hmm. for IT database admin. I know that I'm an intelligent person, mm-hmm. but I never thought of myself as, like, a computer smart person, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I always felt the um, the imposter syndrome working there, or oh, not, going yes. to school. But the thing about that was, they told us that you're supposed to feel that way. Everyone feels that yeah. way. And it's like, so I was actually an imposter, yeah. But I was told that I was supposed to feel that way. So, I just thought that's how I was supposed to feel and it took me longer to realize that I didn't actually want to be in the IT industry. Yeah. I am using some of the skills that I learned and I took away a lot and I would never, you yeah. know, change the experience that I had. I don't regret going back to school at all. I wouldn't be sitting here right now mm-hmm. doing this if I hadn't, but Just, like, the self-doubt, and then when I started trying to do the podcast, like, like you said, we all have that self-doubt and fear, Mm -hmm. like, what if it doesn't work out, what if, you know, it's not, but it just felt right, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like an imposter anymore, and, uh, yeah, I don't know if I would have been able to answer that question as well as you did about, like, fighting the
1: self-doubt, like... Imposter syndrome is, um, it can be very confusing because you're like, am I really not enjoying this or do I just feel that way because it's new? Mm-hmm. Um, and because I haven't been doing it or I don't have the experience or whatever, because that's what imposter syndrome is. Let's say I'm, 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 I feel like an imposter. What if they find out I'm a fraud and yada, yada. But then at times it's like, you're really not in alignment with what you're doing and you're, you're really not enjoying it. and You're really not technically supposed to be there because that's not something that's for you. Right. So it's like, how do you figure out? And I still even haven't figured this out. Like, how do you figure out which is which? And I'm still like, just, oh, hi kitty. Um, and I'm still like, you know, in, in very much in the learning process and, you know, it's going to take me, I think, years to actually figure out the difference between right. imposter syndrome and truly not being in alignment with what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's where I really struggled. And that's kind of how I fell into a depression mm-hmm. afterwards. Cause it's like, I felt at the time that I had wasted all this money and wasted time going back to school and but really I mean like I said I wouldn't change it Mm -hmm. all those skills really helped me put this all together more easily than say the average person Mm -hmm. person who had no like IT experience but yeah I definitely felt out of place Mm -hmm. around all the people that are like IT people and meant to be there like yeah just because it's
1: not meant for me. People who have been around computers and that their whole life. Like the people who
0: could code, and it just mm-hmm. came like programmers that came naturally.
1: Like my brain does not work like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Coding was not Makes my strong you feel suit. So
1: out of place. Like when I'm looking at some of the six-figure coaches and and how they got there, and the, oh, that's one thing that I cannot stand is when. They go on and talk about how they're making six figures every year. But that's all they talk about. They don't talk about what it took to get there. They don't talk about their learning curve. They don't talk about... All they do is sell these programs to people so that they can teach other people how to make six figures. And it's like, you don't talk about your story. You don't talk about... So when I started my tea business, I went on to David's Tea to actually find out their, their start startup story. And I couldn't find anything. It was like they were in business 100 years before they started telling a story. Oh, like, so it's like, it doesn't, and that's why I think so many entrepreneurs jump in and then jump out because all they see are these uber successful people that apparently made it overnight. It's not the case. And it's not the case. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right freaking now <laughs> that... I'm still in the learning curve. I have not made six figures, but I'm, I'm slowly chugging along and I'm going to get there. But, you know, I'm all for sustainable success and that, and I'm all for telling my story the way it is.
0: Yeah. And I really like that about like your approach mm-hmm. and your vibe because you're telling your story yeah. as it's the same kind of approach that I have. Like yeah. I'm, I'm here to share my story and also show others that by sharing their story, they're helping Exactly. Other people.
1: And they're helping encourage people to stick with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had a lady. So one of my favorite things about posting my content, my videos, and being in this business is when somebody messages me on Facebook and they're like... I just saw your live video and I have never felt more seen and understood than when Mm -hmm. I watched that video. And I was in an entrepreneur's group the other day on Facebook and this lady, she went up one side of me and down the other for saying that. She said, do you even have a business? And I said, well, yeah. And she goes, well, I'm making six figures. And so I'm making more of an impact than you. Yeah, that was... Anyways, and I said, you know, you don't have to be condescending. I said, this is the second time I've seen you resort to insults and condescend upon somebody because they're not making as much as you. And, you know, this is the second time that I've seen you try to one-up somebody with your income. And she she said something about me being triggered. And I said, well, you don't even know the meaning of that word. But sure, difference of opinion definitely means I'm triggered. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, and I'm just like... You know, I I understand that you have to have a good money mindset to actually make it in the entrepreneurial world, but it's like it's it, it and and I love money. Don't get me wrong, I do love me ma- exactly. Who does it? It allows me to travel. It allows me to pay my bills. It allows me to do whatever the you fuck you want. You know, it does do. allow exactly. It does allow me to make more of an impact with my clients because I'm helping more people. Um, you know, and, and that sort of kind of thing. But it's it's so much more to me than that. It's it, you know it's when. Somebody maybe doesn't make a sale or buy my program, but says, hey, I love this post. Or when I post one of my stories, like, um, you know, from like another point of view, people are like, wow, that's so true or, or whatever. So that's that means the world to me. It's like winning the lottery. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Am I talking too much? No. Okay. No. Nope.
1: That's why you're here to talk. <laughs> That's another thing with ADHD is that you're always wondering Am I talking too much? Is this person getting bored? Oh, squirrel. See,
0: yeah, all these things that you're saying is why I think I have ADHD at some level. Because honestly, I need that like confirmation all the time. Like, yeah. Always looking for the, uh, yeah, that that reassurance. Yeah, how often do you think
1: about giving up? <laughs> every day, every day. Really? Um, that surprised me. Like not so much giving up, but giving in. Yeah, to what's easier. Mm-hmm. You know, I I do put on I tend to put on a brave face, but sometimes like, and it's not so much I'm thinking about giving up. It's that fist clenched in my chest that I want to loosen. It. And, you know, it's it's normal. It's a normal part of entrepreneurship, um, especially when you have a goal like quit your job, June Burst, you know, and I think and I, and I think that is where the um, OK, I need this to happen now kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. that instant gratification. And if it doesn't happen right away, then it must not be happening at all. And then I give up. So, you know, I go through this process at least once a day, like that, that thought process. Then I talk myself in because I'm like Christmas in Prague, Christmas in Prague. <laughs> Christmas in Prague. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, yeah. So um, you know, it's uh, especially as people with ADHD, it's it is not an easy road to embark down. But most people with ADHD are not meant to meet the status quo. We are meant to break the shit out of that mold. <laughs> you know, we are meant to do so much more than just work for another employer.
0: For sure, I feel yeah. that. Um, We're almost coming up to time. So is there anything we didn't hit on that you wanted to discuss?
1: Yes. Um, Okay. Impulse and shiny object syndrome. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a live on that today. But you guys are going to get a sneak peek into it. Um, Okay. So shiny object syndrome is really important to recognize in entrepreneurship because it makes you want to jump from thing to thing to thing. Now, you need to learn to tell the difference between realizing when an idea truly isn't working out, and when you're just jumping to the next thing because it looks better Mm -hmm. Um, it's really important and that's why when you hire somebody to guide you along the way it's really important that they recognize that too Um, because you're going to say okay this thing isn't working out right away it must not be working at all and then on to the next thing the grass is greener on the other side you'll look at this person succeeding in this niche and you're like oh maybe that'll work out but you really have to like hone in on what you're good at the story that you can tell what you've struggled with and what you've overcome and how like where you can because people get into business to solve problems okay Mm -hmm. so what problem have you solved for yourself that you can help other people solve okay doesn't matter what business you're in you are in business to solve a problem Mm -hmm. okay um now shiny object syndrome and impulse control come hand in hand okay because you see that other thing on that that greener grass on the other side, and the first thing you want to do is jump at it, okay so um, just folks keep that in mind. Um, you know, be very con- conscious and aware of the like of channeling your thoughts and writing stuff down like ideas and stuff and you know it doesn't matter what business you're getting into, just don't give up corny and cheesy, but don't give up. <laughs> yeah you're gonna think you're gonna think you want to but don't because in a year's time you could have been you know where you want to be so
0: yeah yeah that's really important I like something that I heard you say in one of your videos and I think it was like give yourself 60 days yep to start like seeing if you have that traction
1: yep. in your business give yourself 60 days. To see if you, um, to see if it's working out. So if you do decide to enter the coaching industry, um, that goes for niches. Okay, um, don't jump around niches too much because it'll confuse people and you won't get the traction you want. Um, for any other business, yeah, give yourself sixty days and work on it, work at it every day, every day. Um, do something every day for it to see if you're getting that traction. And it's okay, you know, to experiment and explore. And you're not quitting or giving up, you're just, you're realizing, okay, back to square one, that's okay. Do you know how many successful business owners out there have had to start at square one again? A lot. Exactly. <laughs> so Practically all of them. Yeah, but exactly. Yes, yes. All of them, all, literally all of them. And so in that sense, a, people with ADHD who might be listening, um, you're no different. You are probably going to have to start over at square one too, and that's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not gonna work out the first time. You're not gonna become an overnight millionaire, probably.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's another reason why I think I really like following you and your content, because even even if somebody doesn't have ADHD, mm. I think everyone can take away from the stuff that you're sharing. Exactly. And you do focus on female entrepreneurs. But I think like anyone out there can benefit from the stuff that you say. Exactly. Um, but, you know, like you said, you, you have to have that niche mm-hmm. to try to focus your attention.
1: Exactly. You have to have something. You have to have like a specific... It's like your your business plan or your business model, right? Like your niche, your ideal client. And, and that kind of goes into every business. It doesn't have to be in the coaching industry. Whatever business you're trying to start, you have to have someone that... In, like, in the audience that you are speaking to. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a product or service that serves them directly.
0: Yeah, and, like, so many times, like, I think I said this to you yesterday or the day before when we were chatting. And, like, that person who messaged you, like, just feels so... Seen, it's like you are yeah. almost talking to me, yeah. even though there's probably like ten other people watching your videos mm-hmm. that felt that you were talking to them. Yeah, and I think that that's probably what's
1: going to make you a success. Yeah, exactly. Is really reaching people, mm-hmm. really speaking to people who need to be seen, and that's why I pointed out the racial disparities in the um in the medical community when it comes to ADHD diagnosis is because. Um, Black and Indigenous people are not being seen in that community the the way they need to be. So there's a lot of overlooking in terms of um, in terms of proper diagnosis. So ADHD is overdiagnosed to the point that it's underdiagnosed. So the people who really need the help aren't getting it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love the. Uh... Systematic racism. Exactly. <laughs> in in a um, sarcastic kind of way. Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: We could I'm sure we could do like a whole podcast oh, on just that alone. Yes,
1: absolutely. I'll bring <laughs> stats.
0: <laughs> oh, well, this has been really, really fun. Um so
1: tell everyone where they can find you. So my name is Anne Marie Vaughn. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, I change my profile picture quite often. So um, you can search me by my email. Can I hear my email on here? Yep. Yeah. Okay. A M E R I E dot at gmail.com um, I also have Jill here on Facebook. So, you know, you can find me through mutual friends as well. Um, I do one-on-one programs for people. I'm doing one right now called Confidence Through Clarity, and it is a three-month program. I would love to work with you and talk to you about your goals and about where you need clarity in your direction. And so, yeah, just look me up. And um, I'm also on Instagram, ADHD, underscore mindset, underscore coach. So... Just hit hit up my DMs. And LinkedIn,
0: you found me on LinkedIn. Yes, LinkedIn.
1: I'm on LinkedIn. Um, God, I have all the social medias. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, again, Anne-Marie Vaughn, transformative mindset coach. And Anne-Marie is all one word, right?
0: Yeah. Anne-Marie, A-N-N-E. M-A-R-I-E. Mm -hmm.
1: V-A-U-G-H-A-N.
0: Amazing. Well, this has been so fun. I'm glad that uh, you were able to do this. (laughs) Me
1: too. Thank you so much for having me.
0: yes thanks for coming and uh
1: i'm glad to
0: have a new friend me too (laughs) i think we're gonna have some wine one of these days absolutely (laughs) it's been it's been great and uh hopefully we can do it again soon absolutely you know where i'm at all right thanks for listening guys this is self love is blind and i'll see you next time